Welcome to the Not For The Average podcast. This is your host, Trent Leishan. If you live in Australia, my next guest needs no introduction. He's quirky, boldly opinionated, some would say polarizing, and yet undeniably successful in his own right. Jeff Kennett is an ex-Victorian Premier and politician. He's the founding chairman of Beyond Blue, and he's the current president of the Hawthorne Football Club, among many other accolades and achievements, such as receiving Australia's then highest civilian honour when he was made a Companion of the Order of Australia. In this episode, Jeff and I talk leadership and political salesmanship. You could say the art of persuasion. We chat about controversial Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews, and we also talk Donald Trump. We explore what makes a truly world-class leader and influential salesperson, and more. I think you're going to really enjoy this one. Let's go. Jeff Cannon, thank you for joining the Not For The Average podcast. Absolute pleasure. Lead on. Jeff, my first question. Do you consider yourself a salesperson? Uh, yes, I do, because I think in order to take people with you or to have them buy your product, whether it's a football club membership or a tube of toothpaste or a political party, you've got to be able to sell the message. You've got to be able to convince them that uh, your product, what you stand for, is of value. So am I a salesman? Yes, I suppose I am. But I want to take it back a little bit. So you started your career um, in advertising, didn't you, working for Maya? Yes, I suppose so. Uh, during the school holidays, I used to go and work in their advertising department, which in those days was the preeminent place to work if you wanted to go into advertising. The training was good, the discipline was good, and you started from the bottom up. So my original first stint there was sweeping the floors and cutting out advertisements and putting them in guard books. And you learned your trade uh, as an apprentice. And then you found yourself in the army. Yes, I was called up. Uh, and uh, that meant my advertising career was over briefly. And I headed off for two, two years serving Her Majesty Queen and Country. Uh, and that concluded in 1970. What did you take out of that experience, Jeff? Uh, a very, very good two years. Although I was posted to Malaya and to Singapore. I wasn't in Vietnam, but I was a platoon commander. The training was excellent. The experience in dealing with young men at that time with the responsibility of their health being very much part of my remit, uh, it stayed with me for the rest of my life. So then you got back into advertising after your uh, two-year stint in the military and started your own advertising company. Yeah, I went back into advertising at Maya and then to Clemingers and then started my own company shortly afterwards. What on earth provoked you to get into politics from advertising? You were too young to remember, but we went through a period... Take that as a compliment. Yeah, no, it is a compliment. Uh, We went through a period when uh, interest rates went up to 17.5% under Paul Keating, and that had a terrible effect on uh, small business. I, with a group of people, started an organisation, Save Our Businesses, uh, and that got me interested in politics, and uh, I put my hand up for pre-selection in 1975. Wow, Save Our Businesses, how did you you go with that? Did it actually kick on? 
Well, the guy who made the badges, unfortunately, went out of business. But uh, <laughs> no, the rest of us kicked on Ironically. and I got elected. And my whole uh, argument for going into state politics was to make sure that small business had a very strong and, to some degree, independent voice. Mm. Um, but politicians, you know, obviously you had a successful career in politics, but what we see is childish antics in, in cabinet. Uh, we see corruption charges. We see a whole raft of things that you would say, um, from a sales perspective, are unethical. So, you know, this, this sleazy reputation they have, Jeff, is it warranted? You, like most commentators with due regard, have generalised, right? So you have taken the appalling performance of a few. Of a few, yes. And you have generalised and said, therefore, that all politicians are bad. That is not the case. There are many good, honest, honourable politicians who have gone in a, into the profession not for money but to serve. And uh, so, but it is unfortunate that the the actions of a few uh, mould the reputation of the majority or all. So I think politics is the most honourable profession you could probably possibly follow. Uh, and I feel very honoured that I was able to do so and privileged to have risen to the top of my little tree. Uh, but I do accept that the actions of some are unacceptable. Taint the many. A noble profession, you say, Jeff. So what makes a good politician or a skilled politician? I think that you've first of all got to learn your trade. There's nothing that prepares you outside of being in politics that prepares you for politics. You can have as many degrees as you like, but you need to have, you need to do an apprenticeship when you get in. And to get to the top of your tree, I think you need at least 12 to 13, 14, 15 years Oof, of moving through the ranks as mm. opposition, mm -hmm. as a government, as a minute, junior minister, minister, etc. You need to understand how it works. I think you need to be a good communicator because it's very hard for politicians to be simple unless they can not just sell their message but also communicate their message, and there is a difference. Uh, and I think the other is to build a solid team around you so you, no one can do anything on their own. I often cite the case of Cathy Freeman winning the race at the 2000 Sydney Games, uh, and we all applauded her. But for years, and up until that moment, there were teams of people behind her, supporting her, getting her fit, getting her psychologically ready. So the, the way in which you lead your team and have a collegiate team is terribly important. Not that you want yes men and women, uh, but you have men and women of ability who will speak frankly, and but will be part of an organisation kicking the ball in one direction. Jeff, you've got experience coming through the ranks. Uh, all the great leaders come from within usually because they are a base within the organisation, learning their craft, uh, communication skills. You did say there's a difference between communicating and selling. Jeff, did you want to just elaborate on that? What, what do you oh, see well, as very the distinction? Simply, I think communicating is telling the message, uh, explaining the reasons for uh, Selling is where you're promoting the message. So it's an entirely different thing. But, yeah. uh, to, well, it is to me. I think communication is important. Uh, selling is important. But the best education you can get in life 
is to be able to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. So the the messaging, the messaging is really important with your communication, which is the belief in your and your why. So you've got to, but you've also got to promote that message. What about the relationship building element? Uh, because to me, obviously, pitching, getting deals over the line, pitching policy, but the relationship piece, how how key is that? It depends who you're trying to influence, and there are different audiences. So your approach is going to be different to different subset of society as a whole. So if you're a politician, you're talking to the public as a whole in real terms, right? Although, as a politician who is partisan, you will probably be able to identify those areas in which most people live who'll show no interest in your side of politics at all. Therefore, you'll go to what we call the marginal areas while trying to hold your own group together. Uh, but, but so it depends. I mean, if you're selling cars uh, and you're selling a... Uh, uh, a spunky little unit, you probably wouldn't be trying to sell them to someone of my experience, but you might be my son. So the communication and or sales message is very different. Yeah, got gotcha. you. Know your audience. Know you, you know your customer yeah. as at yeah. the core of that. Um, all about the customer. And the, it is the same thing in politics, in not-for-profits, in football clubs. It is your customer. You mm. should be working in their interests, communicating with them, and then encouraging them to buy more of the product. Jeff, should we trust politicians? Yes. We should? Why? They continue well, to let us down. Like, I want to talk about a few in particular in a minute, but they do let us down, so why should we trust them? Oh, no, no, no. Here you go again I, with due respect. <laughs> Some let you down. Some let the you down, yes. The vast majority of politicians are very honest and honourable men and women. Yes, yes, yes. True, true. Thank you for pulling me up on that again, Jeff. I've got a quote for you here. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln. I destroy my enemies when I make them my friends. Have you heard that one before? Yes. Uh, How do you translate that quote? It works very well because often, I'm not not doing it as much these days, but I used to Twitter a lot and I love the engagement of Twitter. (laughs) And people would call me everything under the sun. And I would go back and talk to them and argue the case. And they'd be backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And in the end, you'd know you'd won them over when they said, oh, well, Jeff, thank you very much. And I address you by your first name. Thank you very much. Glad we entered into this exchange. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I admire the fact that you took up the challenge to talk to me. That's when they become your friend. And their yeah, opinion yeah. changes, even though they may not agree with the specific issue that you are discussing. And do you consider yourself a negotiator as well? Back back in the days of of, of being a politician, oh, uh, yes. at, at the coalface. I think we're always negotiating, aren't we? We negotiate with our wives. We negotiate with our husbands. We negotiate with our children. Uh, we negotiate in business. Life is about give and take to some degree. Does being a good politician necessarily make you a good leader? No, not necessarily. We all, I always think of the population as being living in a triangle, right? Across the base of the triangle is all of us. We're born equal. And then as you go through life, depending on circumstances, you advance up that pyramid. And at the very top of the pyramid are true leaders. And not everyone is a true leader. doesn't matter whether they're good at their job. And in fact, you'll find a lot of people who are very good to ICs, 
in their organisations are promoted to leadership, but the transition is one step too far for them. Not every good manager makes a good leader. And good leaders are to some degree born into that role. There are a few that are made into that role. But no, being good is not sufficient necessarily to be a then good leader. Leaders well, are what born. I'm saying, what I'm saying is there are some people who are born leaders. Oh, they have so, natural leadership qualities, don't they? Yes, inherent. Yes. But they're, they're very few and far between. What does make a great leader? Who do you consider a world-class leader? Oh, well, uh, what goes into leadership? Intuition, right? Good leaders can make the right calls at the right time. They're not always popular, mm -hmm. but they're the right decisions. Good leaders probably have a fairly good value set, personally. Not always, but often. Good leaders uh, are good communicators. But the most important thing about a good leader, I think, is intuition, right? They've got to know when to say yes and know when to strike, when not to strike. Uh, it's seizing the day. Who are good leaders? Well, the one I'm most impressed with internationally and has been for many years now is the German Chancellor, Anglia Merkel. I was very impressed with Indira Gandhi. There's been a number of, of course, John Monash was, I think, in my opinion, the finest of Australian leaders. Mm. He was a military man, an engineer. So there's lots and lots of people who I think are outstanding natural leaders. When I say a lot, there's a few. And there's many who are elevated and do a reasonable job, but they're not outstanding. Jeff, you mentioned intuition being high on the list what makes a really effective leader. Now, one of the things that I always question with the few politicians, not the many, Jeff, the few, is are they elite decision makers? So when you say intuition, are you also referring to, you know, obviously the decision-making abilities? You look at an elite athlete. So is that what you mean by intuition? Or is oh, it more part, esoteric? Part, I mean, good leaders have got to have a vision. Good leaders have got to be able to have a plan. Good leaders have got to be able to put people around them to deliver that plan. But often that is not about just uh, seeking popularity. It's about making decisions which people in time will come to recognise as having been the right decision. Mm. So uh, you can take that to a corporate level, you can take it to a political level, you can take it to your family. Uh, but it, it has a universal application. Yes, uh, conviction and resilience, Jeff, as well, yeah. uh, to yeah. be able to hold your conviction. Okay, Jeff, one word, please, to describe, or one or two words you would use to describe Daniel Andrews. Human being. A human being. Okay, okay. Um, not what I was expecting. Not what well, I was this expecting. is a human being. So yes. you ask me for one or two words, I'll take yes. two. Okay. It's a human okay. being. Is that a political response? What do you think of his leadership? style and his leadership capabilities over the oh, last look, two years. I don't want to go too deep into this. No, no, and I'm not, I, I don't really want to, uh, look, he's a strong leader within his own environment. Uh, he doesn't take enemies. Uh, I don't agree with a lot of what he has done, obviously, 
and would have done them differently. But, you know, that's what it is. I mean, he's the Premier. He's pulling the levers. I'm a uh, superannuant. I mean, uh, he's human. I've eaten with him. I've played golf with him. Yeah, yeah. Privately, we get on all right, and I'm sure we still would if we had the opportunity. Yeah. But uh, politics. You often find after one leaves politics that you strike up very good relationships with those on the other side. Mm. And that is true of life. And I've done it with many of the people I've worked with in the past. Uh, and I have no doubt that in due course, the same will apply with Daniel. Got you, got you. Battle hard on the field and shake hands afterwards. And yeah, yeah it's, move it's, on. Life is short. Well, he, I love the response, Jeff, actually. He's human. He's human. Are you going to give me the same for the second question, which is one or two words to describe Donald Trump? <laughs> well, uh, he unfortunately has no concept of how to lead a team. And if you can't lead a team, if you abuse them, if you continually change them over, the public have no confidence in the product. So uh, I think he was a very disruptive element in American history. Are our best and brightest necessarily attracted to the political field? Are we getting the best people in the seats for the job? No, no, you're not getting the brightest. You're not getting the guys with the highest IQ necessarily. We've had a couple of experiences with that lately in Kevin Rudd and uh, Malcolm Turnbull, very bright men and shocking politicians. And both of them were just on an ego trip. So you, you don't want too many bright people like those two. Uh, but bright people in the main pursue other interests. They're scientists. They're businessmen and women. They're, you've got, there's got to be a... It requires a very special calling to go into politics for many. Mm. Uh, and there aren't too many people who at the top of their tree enter politics. Right? They go in at varying stages along the journey. Jeff, you were motivated to make change. That's what got you into politics. Yes, in part, uh, certainly. But I've got to say, A, I'm not very bright. And secondly... I was prepared to do the hard yards. I was prepared to learn my trade yeah. uh, as a backbencher. I have a question here, which we call a masterful question, um, from a boom client, Richard Layton, who is the managing director from Australia. And his question was, where have all the great leaders gone, Jeff? <laughs> Nobody is selling hope anymore. No, well, I agree with that in part. Uh, and that's because recently, for the last two years, we've had this awful pandemic and people, when it arrived, we had no, no idea of how to address it. We know a lot more today than we did then. So in many ways, the good leaders uh, have remained silent, uh, particularly if they're commercial leaders. They've gone on with running their businesses and some have done it very, very well indeed. But good, good commercial leaders very rarely want to get involved in the public debate. They're worried about the ramifications from those who are elected to office. But leaders do emerge, uh, and they will in the future, and they won't be necessarily the brightest boy or girl on the block. 
they'll be the people who learn their trade mm. and have good values, work hard and have a vision for where they want to take whatever their responsibility is. Excellent. Thank you, Richard Layton from From Australia. Jeff, can you tell us something most people wouldn't know about <laughs> I can't imagine there's much the public don't know about me. <laughs> yes. I'm a very, very open book and I have been for many years and that's one of the ramifications of public life over a long period of time. You, it's as though you're opening a can of uh, sardines and you become open to public scrutiny in a way that most people aren't. That's enough. What else can I tell you? No, I've still got all my teeth. Oh, that is impressive. That's good. There you are. That's something I've That's never unique. disclosed That's to unique. anyone. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, uh, one thing we do know is that you're very passionate about the work you do at Beyond Blue. It started area. in about 1997 when my daughter came to me after two of her male friends died in car accidents mm. and I was Premier and she said to me, Dad, what can you do to stop these young men dying on the roads? And we thought they were a car accident, but when I looked into them further, both of them were young men, broken relationships, both of them turned to alcohol, both took their own lives. Mm. Most suicides are a result of either clinical depression or emotional depression. So I then tried to understand depression more, get experts together, and that led me at the last Premier's conference I attended in 1999 to suggest the establishment of a national body specifically aimed at better understanding and educating uh, about depression and mental health. And when I left politics uh, at the end of 99, 2000, I was fortunate enough to get the backing of the Federal Health Minister at the Times, Michael Waldridge, and the Victorian Premier, Steve Brax, and uh, that gave me the funds to establish what is referred to now as Beyond Blue. Are you still active in that, in that organisation? Uh, I led it for 17 years. I secured Julia Gillard to follow me as the chairman of uh, Beyond Blue or chairwoman. And uh, no, I have nothing to do with it now, although I still do a great deal on issues of mental health uh, in community and with individuals. Excellent. Excellent. That's well, a great cause too, Jeff. I hope to see you at a Hawks game or a Hawks event soon, Jeff, and I really appreciate your time today. I know you're busy. Also on the board of the Box Hill Hawks, where you're a very generous supporter, so I thank you very much yes, indeed. Yes. So if I don't see you at a Hawthorne game, I'll see you at a Box Hill game. Uh, thank look you. forward to catching up soon. Great pleasure. Stay well. Trent is the Managing Director of Boom Sales, Australia's number one sales training and development company. If you'd like to accelerate your sales growth and profitability, go to boomsales.com.au.